The scripture this morning that will be preached from the Word of God, Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp to the body, so if the eye is healthy... Your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. This is the word of God. Good morning. Um, Let's begin with the word of prayer. Gracious Lord, as we come before your word and as we unfold it, Lord, open our eyes, open our minds, open our hearts, so that it might be receptive to the preaching of your word. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all the hearts here together will be pleasing to your sight. O Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Amen. So um, if we could have our sermon text open, I'd like to um, begin. I did not have the text early enough to actually get the sermon title here. On the bulletin. So, the title of this message today will be How to Be Loyal to Jesus in Marin. How to Be Loyal to Jesus in Marin County. So, I'd like to start by asking you a question. When you think of the word discipleship, what comes to your mind? Um, We all have been watching news about the Christian persecution in Iraq and how military uh, jihadist group Islamic State Iraq and Lebanon has been systematically beheading Christians. And it was especially heart-wrenching to watch that they were doing it to uh, Christian children in Iraq and how they're intending to kill every Christian to the point of distinction, extinction. But when you look at church history, uh, we see the same kind of things that are happening. Um, uh, In the seminary where I I teach, we talk a great deal about uh, persecution that Christians have to go through because what is happening in Christian in Iraq, it's not the first time the church had to face this type of persecution. So when we approach it from a historical angle, we look at events like martyrdom of Polycarp of, or martyrdom of Perpetua. Um, we see and we read their 
uh, account from historical angle, uh, we discover the message, new meaning, when Jesus says, pick up that cross and follow me. Because what we see is Christian discipleship in tangible reality. Stay loyal to Jesus and die. Or deny Jesus and live. Where are their loyalties? The demarcation in those dilemma are quite clear for Christian in Iraq and the early church. But the question I want to ask you is, how about for you and I, who live in comfort of Marin County? Compared to these persecuted Christians, you will see that our lives are so prosperous, convenient. We have electricity, running water, penicillin, 911 emergency, phone, email, online shopping. Even the Maserati dealership as you drive down to Route 1. So you learn that or when, also when we look at history, when there are prosperity in church history, church suffers from apathy, complacency, and laziness. So you also learn that when there are trial and adversity in the church, that is when the believers are refined by fire. There really isn't a persecution for our faith in America. In that sense, most of our lives are not threatened for believing in Christ like our brothers and sisters in Iraq. You know where your meals are coming, right? You know where you're sleeping tonight. So you and I don't have the type of urgency that those who are persecuted for their faith. So the question for us today is, how to stay loyal to Jesus in Marin County when there is no persecution of these source that are around us. So when we looked at our passage today, passage that Steve read for us today, it teaches one of the most practical ways we could stay loyal to Jesus. That's Jesus when he says in verse 19, Do not lay yourself treasure on earth, where moths and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. When Jesus is talking about that, he's getting at the priority. He's getting at the priority and misplaced values that we have. I mean, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that this passage is against making a sensible and wise um, financial provision for the future. But this passage is referring to the coveting. It's talking about materialism. That always want more treasure on this earth. So whether we're talking about the first century, Jesus' context, or whether we're talking about 21st century, our context, coveting hasn't changed much. Materialism hasn't changed much since the first century. Jesus is concerned about selfishness and misplaced value. And his disciples must not lay up their treasure for themselves but must honestly ask where their heart is. Now, <clears throat> what is heart? When the Bible says heart, what does it mean? So I'd like to take time just for a moment, just give you a brief and quick survey of what, when Bible says 
heart. What does it mean? Uh, King Solomon, uh, who was giving instruction to his son, who knows a thing or two about wisdom, um, telling his son in Proverbs 4.20, says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my word. Now, does that sound familiar? Um, we say that to our children, don't we? Um, so children, I'm talking to you too. Pay attention, okay? Proverbs 4, 21 to 23 says, Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them in your heart, for they are the life of those who find them and health in their whole body. Above all else, Solomon says, guard your heart, for it is a wellspring of life. Solomon says, if you must know something about wisdom, you must hear this. Keep my word. Put them in your heart. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is wellspring of your life. You and I live out of our own hearts. Why guard our heart? Because heart is the wellspring that gives direction to all of our lives. We think out of our heart. In Genesis 6-5, the Lord saw how great man's wickedness on earth has become, and every inclination, the thoughts of our heart, was only evil all the time. We think out of our heart. We remember out of our heart. In Deuteronomy 11, uh, 18, Fix these words of mine in your heart and mind. Tie the symbol on your head and bind them on your forehead. We remember from our heart. We pray with our heart. In 1 Samuel 1, 13, Hannah was praying in her heart. Her lips were moving, but voice was not heard. We pray with our heart. We love with our heart, Deuteronomy 6, 5, the love, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your strength. We hate with our heart. In First Chronicle 1, 15, the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David. Michal, the daughter of Saul, watched from window and saw King David dance and celebrating and she despised him. In his heart, we hate with our heart. Our heart can become proud, and our heart can repent with our heart. Second Chronicles 32, verse 25 to 26, the Hezekiah heart was proud and did not respond kindness to show him. Therefore, Lord's wrath was on him and uh, Judah and Jerusalem. Hezekiah repented pride of his heart. So our heart can become proud and we can repent from our heart. We meditate our heart as we pray. In Psalm 119, verse 14, May the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart will be pleasing to your sight. We meditate out of our heart. We seek God with our heart. In Psalm 27, verse 28, My heart says to you, Seek His face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Our heart can deceive us. In Jeremiah 17, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Our heart can deceive us. Our speech, our conduct is from our heart. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, good men bring good things out of good store in his heart. 
The evil man brings evil things out of his evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, mouth speak. So our speech and our conduct is from our heart. We also believe from our heart. In Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is the Lord, and believe it in your heart, you will be saved. We, we believe with our heart. We give with our heart. In 2 Corinthians 9, each man should give. He has decided what he has decided to give. What he decided to give in his heart to give. Not reluctantly, not under compulsion. For God loves cheerful giver. We give from our heart. Our hearts can become hardened. In Ephesians chapter 8 verse 18. The unbelievers, the unbelievers, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because the ignorance is in them due to hardening of their heart. Okay, Our hearts become hardened. We sing from our heart. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19. Speak to one another. Psalm, hymn, and spiritual song. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. These are just a tiny sample to show you and how we as a people live out of our hearts. So no wonder Solomon says, above all else, Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. We think out of our heart, we remember from our heart, we pray out of our heart, we love with our heart, we hate with our heart, we heart can become proud, we meditate from our heart, our heart can we seek God with our heart, heart can deceive us, speech is from our heart, conduct is from our heart, we believe from our heart, we give from our heart, heart can become hardened, and we sing out of our hearts. Our hearts at work. All the time. Your hearts are works at all the time. Our children's hearts at work all the time. So think with me when Jesus says, What do you think it means when he says, Lay yourself treasure in heaven, for wherever your treasure is, there will be your heart. Also, if you uh, ever experienced a loss on a financial investment, investment, and perhaps have been conned or robbed or lost a jewelry or been in a car accident, you know that earthly treasure don't last. Treasure on earth is where moss and rust destroys. Because treasure in earth is where thieves break in and steal. You can't lose everything. In fact, you can't even lose everything that you own. And it could happen tomorrow. I think parable of rich fool is one of the most terrifying passages in the Bible. It could be found in Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 21. You could turn to it, or I could just read for you. Do you remember this parable when Jesus taught in parables? I'll read for you in verse 16. A ground of search rich men yield to abundant harvest. 
he thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he says, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barn and build a bigger one. And there I store up all the surplus gain. And I say to myself, You have a plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool. This very night in your life, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then, who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for whoever stores up for themselves, but not rich towards God. This farmer here has a barn. Boy, does he have a barn. It's a big barn. And he is maximizing his income and not sharing it with others. St. Augustine says, this farmer was, quote, planning to fill his soul with excessive and unnecessary feasting and was proudly disregarding all those empty bellies of the poor. But he did not realize the bellies of the poor were much safer storeroom than his barns. Earthly treasure, my friends, don't last. All your riches could be taken away in a moment, just like that rich fool. So, how to be loyal to Jesus in Marin County? Well, stop laying up your treasure on earth. Okay? Instead, lay up your treasure in heaven. Why? Because treasure in heaven is forever exempt from decay and theft. So treasure, you can't use your treasure on earth for God's kingdom. It is so much a better investment. There are a number of ways of doing this. I'll just mention a couple. You can use your treasure to do righteous deed in the name of Christ. Doing good. Doing good for Christ's sake. In the name of Christ. Don't give away your money or do good out of your own goodness or so that you could feel good about yourself. Pat on the shoulder, I've been generous today. Okay? No, do it for Christ's sake, in the name of Christ. Okay? Give not because you have a lot of money to give. Give not because you have, you're a good person or a generous person. But give because it is your expression of loyalty to Jesus Christ. Storing up your treasure in heaven and use willingness to give away earthly treasure for Jesus' sake. So what then is my earthly treasure? How can you identify your earthly treasure? Here's one easy way. Look at your barn. Okay, let me say uh, in our term. Uh, Look at your credit card bill or your bank statement. Where are you spending your money? 
The way you spend money is an important indication of where your heart is. Where is the indication where your priority is. It is an indication of where your loyalty lies. I'm not even just talking about adults here. Children, youth. Okay, I'm speaking to you too as well. Okay? How are you spending your birthday money? Christmas gift, allowance, money that you receive from mowing a lawn, doing dishes or babysitting. Yes, children and youth, Bible's teaching applies to you as well. Wherever your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Jesus is warning against our selfishness and misplaced value. But because his disciples must, must not lay up treasure for themselves, but honestly ask where their heart is. Where is your heart today? Some of you may know that I've been involved in training baptismal candidates at this church before they're actually baptized. I go through training, and one of the things that I do, I like to do is go through the Ten Commandments with the new believers. And when we go, when we're at about Second Commandment, which is dealing about engraven image or idol, we talk a great deal about idolatry. I am convinced one of the biggest idolatry today it's not that we serve a block of wood or we serve some kind of image, but we serve and worship money. Now, how do you worship money? Well, this is what Jesus says. For wherever your treasure is, there will be your heart also. No one can serve two masters, for either he hates one or loves the other. He will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. In this text, there are two contrasting masters. Money is a master, and the other master is, of course, God. And we cannot serve two masters. But how does a person serve money? Okay, so <clears throat> I brought a visual illustration here. It's a hundred dollar bill. All right. So here's a hundred dollar bill, and saying, "Oh, money, money, oh money." I how I worship thou and thee, and this is how I worship. Do you do that? I mean, you don't do that, right? I mean. Does that sound kind of strange? All right, you don't genuflect before hundred dollar bill. So, what does Jesus have in mind here when he says the money have capable of becoming a master? That you could actually serve money. We're capable of serving money because money has certain control over us. It promises great happiness when we possess money. You say, "Oh, if I had." little more money, I'd be uh, such 
a happier person. All the things, great things I could buy, all the powers that I will have, all, all the enjoyable things that I could do with money. So you, in, you enjoy money by using the power of money. Therefore, what Jesus has in mind here is that you serve money by making the power and use of that money. You don't say to money, oh, money, money, uh, money. I serve you. After all, you have given me a car and you have given, bought me a new home. You don't say to money, oh, money, money. I'm willing to give you my service to you on Sunday only, but the rest of the week is mine. You don't say that to money. Okay? Okay? You, you, you serve money and use money by power of that money. So in other words, you serve money and you glorify money by enjoying that money. You say, money, 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 money. I want more money. More the better. More the better. I want money. And that's how you serve money. And that is exactly the way that God commands us to serve Him. God says, serve me like how you serve money. Love me like how you serve love money. For love of money is root of all kinds of evil things. Treasure me like how you treasure money. You cannot serve two masters. Which master are you going to serve? Do you feel secure when you have money and insecure when you don't have a lot of money in your bank account? Depend on God like how you depend on money. Do you feel rich when you have God? God wants us to serve Him by enjoying the power that He supplies for us. Because when we depend on God to do ministry, guess what? Guess who gets the glory? God. God gets the glory. 18th century pastor theologian Jonathan Edwards was right on, the, right on this point, I believe. When he preached the sermon entitled, God glorified in our dependence. God is glorified in our dependence. Isn't that nice? God is glorified in our dependence. Edward's talking about when we depend on God in our Christian service, God is glorified because He requires us to come humbly before the Lord and ask God for help and say, I need help. So we get out of this self-sufficiency and we humble ourselves before the Lord and we need to swallow our pride before the Lord and say Lord I cannot do anything without you you are vines and we are branches apart from you I can do nothing and when we do this that is the beginning of true biblical serving because we're serving in the strength that God supplies as opposed to serving in the strength that money supplies. Money no longer has mastery over us. Our heart is no longer in the bondage to earthly treasure, which is a good thing because that is how God has made us to serve Him only and love Him only. So where is your heart? Where are your treasure today? Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. 
for either he hate one or love the other. He will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. How do you stay loyal to your master? How can Christian in Marin, Marin County, be loyal to Christ when there are no persecutions like our brothers and sisters in Iraq? How can we stay loyal to Christ? We do so by laying up our treasure in heaven instead of earth. Because the fact of the matter is, the scripture says we cannot serve two masters. Who is your true master? Who is your true master? God or money? If your answer is God, then Tiburon Baptist Church would you give the Lord Jesus the rightful place in your heart? Let us bow our head in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, you are a God who created us and you have created us to love you and worship you this day and forever. We're built for eternity, but and yet our lives so often are distracted in the earthly treasure and many temptations that follow. But Lord, fix our eyes on you as the greatest treasure, greatest prize. For you have sent your son Jesus to die for us and bought us with us price. Now we are a people that belong to you. Help us to avoid this idolatry that so encapture us. Release us from this bondage and love you. And consider Lord Jesus as the greatest treasure in our life. It is in your son's precious name we pray. Amen.